But truly, it was just a matter of getting the courage to send these cold emails to people and saying, hey, want to come on my show? This is what I'm doing. I really felt quite strongly at the beginning because I didn't have a podcast to showcase. I had no examples to show anybody. I really felt like nobody was going to say yes. Nobody was going to give me a chance. Uh, to my surprise, many people say yes. In fact, out of the invitations I send, I would say 75% come back and say yes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Audience Podcast. This is a special episode because it's episode one of our Creators Spotlight series. And this is a series that we're doing here at Castos, highlighting a lot of Castos customers, maybe Castos production customers, why they got into podcasting to begin with, where they find the motivation to interview folks or create unique content. Most importantly, how do they measure success with their podcast, be it more downloads, reach a new audience, or even just enjoy doing podcasting as maybe even a hobbyist. You can subscribe over at castos.com slash subscribe. Don't forget to stay connected there. Join that mailing list where you can get free content, free advice on becoming a better podcaster. And speaking of today's first guest, well, she's an unusual one. is the technical term for it. There's two branches of handwriting analysis. One is graphologist, which is more what I, I practice. And that's where we look at what's called the gestalt of the handwriting. So we focus more on the overall form, the overall structure to see into that person, to analyze their personality and discover certain traits about a person. The other one is called a graphoanalyst, and they tend to focus more on specific traits within the handwriting. They're gonna look exactly how do you do your M's and your P's and are there extra strokes anywhere? So there's the two different schools and I'm more on the graphologist side. Mine looks like a tangled bird's nest. You don't have to analyze me here. I'm a, I'd be afraid to do it. That's such a common response. And a lot of people are very uh, uncertain about their handwriting and are afraid to have somebody look at it, thinking that I'm going to judge it like their you know, sixth grade teacher did. Mm -hmm. And I'm not. In fact, if I see perfect handwriting, that's scary because... Yeah. Uh, once you become an individual, once you start having your own ideas, your own opinion, and your own life experience, it's reflected in your handwriting. So when you have somebody who has perfect textbook handwriting, they're really controlling themselves to the nth degree, and it can be very scary. That is what Handwriting PI, my business, is about, actually. It is about helping businesses move away from hiring just warm bodies with a certain skill set and into the area of hiring people that are team players that are going to help build and grow their businesses by identifying those soft skills that are in alignment with the company's vision. And when I say soft skills, I mean things like how do they handle conflict? What's their motivation? Are they introverts? Are they extroverts? Those kind of things that can help you determine are they going to be a good fit for the company. Can I use that clip for my wife because she has <laughs> she has perfect handwriting and I you know I can I can slide this one across the dinner table one night and be like hey listen listen to what Teresa said. <laughs> now uh, my wife Provisio is she a teacher? She's she's a nurse. She's oh. a nurse. Oh, that's yeah. exceptional for a nurse to have. Mm, beautiful. So there is a difference between having exceptional handwriting and perfect handwriting. All jokes aside, it's an amazing experience to find out what a graphologist is. I didn't even know the craft, the art form, existed. And it was a delight talking to Teresa to learn more about it. But let's learn more about 
her podcast. So a most unusual tea party is a combination of two things. It's a play on words because really it has nothing to do with tea that you drink. It's all about tea as in the letter T. And we're having a tea party where we analyze the letter T. It's also a play on words because Sherlock's home, Sherlock Holmes often, there was, a, I think, was it a book or was it one of the episodes that was called A Most Unusual Tea Party? Mm-hmm. So it's also a bit of the Sherlock Holmes take on things as well. And it's because you you actually just, eval- do you, is it because you start with the letter T or you tell your guests you only look at the letter T? Yeah, so in season one, most of my guests, I focus almost exclusively on the letter T. Uh, the letter T is one of the most communicative letters out there. And it's one of the only ones that I ever look at as an individual letter. Hmm. The reason for that is there's over 450 ways that you can form the letter T. It's two strokes, super simple, but because there's both a vertical and a horizontal motion, it conveys a lot. And we can really focus on the letter T and get a lot of information out of it. So for most of my guests, that what we that's what we focus on. And I'll pull in maybe the odd tidbit from something else, but usually it's the T. 450 different ways to write the letter T, which is just astonishing to me. And this is one of the best things about podcasting and discovering podcasts. There are so many just crazy things I have never known about, learned about, would have never discovered. And I think that when you cross podcasting with business, creativity, and content and storytelling, there's some amazing things that can come out of it. In fact, let's find out from Teresa as to why she started this podcast and what it means to her business. I got into this podcasting game because of my kids. Um, (laughs) You know, it's one of those things that we do for our kids. I started my own company called Handwriting PI, which is a handwriting analysis company. And it is a very uh, visual kind of business. And my whole marketing plan was around um, networking meeting people and introducing myself and analyzing their handwriting on the spot to show them what it is because it's very difficult to actually explain handwriting analysis. So when COVID hit, that kind of, you know, put a line through my marketing plan. And my kids insisted that podcasting was the way to go. So I started looking into it. And when my my son purchased some sound panels for me to put up on my wall, I decided if he's taking it serious, I better take it serious. <laughs> and uh, so then I started booking guests and just jumped right in. I'd already done YouTube. I was you know doing Zooms and all of that prior. Podcasting was something I had not even touched. And I felt like, no, I've got enough technology. I don't need to learn anymore. And it was COVID that forced me into it. And I think that's absolutely true with so many people. They're like, okay, tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. And yeah. now they're more comfortable with the technology that allows it to happen. How do your worlds uh, merge with your YouTube and and your podcasting? I find it interesting that somebody who YouTubes, uh, who YouTubes, <laughs> somebody who YouTubes, uh, like myself and like you, uh, I find it interesting that there is, because you're not the first person to say, hey, I do YouTube, but this podcasting thing is a little strange to me. Um, I'm curious as to why, because I feel like YouTube is obviously much more visual. It's video. A lot of people say they don't like to look at themselves in, in on video versus the, the voice. How does that all come together for you? I way prefer podcasting. 
Oh, okay. I, was, I, was, I had gotten into this in 2015 rather right. than yeah, doing yeah, the yeah. other route. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, podcasting to me is awesome because you do, you eliminate that visual. And yeah. now you can focus on the conversation. And to me, that's what it's always about. It's about yeah. the other person. It's about getting to know them, that conversation that you have. Do you have a particular strategy on just like a content strategy now that you're dialed in with content or with uh, with podcasting content? Do you now sit back and say, okay, once a month I'll do YouTube, but four times a month I'll do a podcast? Do you have a balance there yet? No. So let me just clarify. My YouTube is not directed to handwriting PI. It's something ah, else entirely. So gotcha. yeah, it's not directed with handwriting PI. So part of what I do here, it's just a weekly podcast that I do and I release a new one every week. I do do it in seasons, and that just helps me to organize it and make it feel manageable. It keeps it within my my goal level. If I say I, I'm only doing 12 episodes, I can do that. So for me, I just do it by seasons, and I release it every Tuesday. One of the biggest objections that I hear towards somebody getting a handwriting analysis done is they always say, well, you knew that person. And I'm like, no, I don't have to know the person to get the result. And this show helps to highlight the fact that I get the results without knowing the person. And it eliminates that objection right off the bat. And imagine you might be lucky in the sense of that once somebody hears an episode of your show, they might be even more encouraged to you know, send you their handwriting? Like, is that, is, is, has that been a thing? Like people just send you a whole written letter and they say, please analyze me. Like, <laughs> oh, I would love, that's actually one of my markers for success, Matt. Nice. Is when people start doing something like that, where they will send me, you know, an email saying, here's my handwriting. What do you see in it? Where they'll, you know, come to me and say, I want to be a guest on your show. This mm -hmm. is really interesting. That to me will be a marker of success. That's when I've broken down that, um, uh, what is that kind of it's like that that barrier of understanding that people have towards handwriting analysis yeah i'm really looking forward to having that happen you mentioned something in, in an episode about uh, there's three strokes that you look for in uh in handwriting I, I hope i'm getting this right but there's like three strokes that you look at to identify who a person is uh if we turn strokes into those identifiers like you said if somebody started sending me written letters to to be on the show are there are there the three strokes that make your podcast a success? I mean, you've, that's one of the markers you said, but are there, what are the two others that's really going to make this a thing for you? Ah, yeah. So for me, the other two markers for success come out of, well, one of them definitely comes out of my biggest struggle. I found outside of booking guests, that was a real big struggle for me to actually go out and do that. My next struggle was listening to my voice over and over again as I'm editing the podcast. That's, you know, the whole nails on the chalkboard kind of thing. Right. So for me, a marker of success is going to be when I can take that whole editing thing, give it to somebody else, have them do the bulk of it, and then I'm just going to do the final touches. I hate my voice too. <laughs> and and everyone says, you have a great podcast. No, do. I don't think so. I don't really feel that way. Everyone else says it, but I, I can't get over, overcome it. But ha have you overcome it to a degree now that you're seven episodes in? And my, my advice to you is it never really goes away, but I, I don't even hear it anymore, I guess, mm -hmm. is, a is, a, is a thing. So is it starting to feel better for you now? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. 
Not yet. I'm still working on that one. I do have to put myself into a certain mindset when it's editing day. Um, I, I tend to record in bulk. So I spend a week where I record all of the interviews with everybody. And then I start the editing process afterwards. Um, and I really have to put myself into the right mindset to do that, where I'm just listening to it and try to disassociate from it. It's not me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still working on the whole getting comfortable with my voice. <laughs> and the booking uh, guests, was mm -hmm. that a technical challenge that you had? Or was it more of a personal thing, like just reaching out to people and say, you know, please be on my podcast? I think it was more personal. I turned it into a technical one. A lot of the time I used the idea of like, I don't know how to get a hold of this person. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. But truly, it was just a matter of getting the courage to send these cold emails to people and saying, hey, want to come on my show? This is what I'm doing. I really felt quite strongly at the beginning because I didn't have a podcast to showcase. I had no examples to show anybody. I really felt like nobody was going to say yes. Nobody was going to give me a chance. Uh, to my surprise, many people say yes. In fact, out of the invitations I send, I would say 75% come back and say yes. So even though Teresa has only been a podcaster at the time of this recording anyway, under a dozen times, she has a fantastic process, a great outlook, right? Lining some of the successes with the podcast and what it can do to open up her business is quite revealing uh, about the power of course, podcasting and where she's going creatively as a creator, uh, especially as someone who you'd, you'd never think that a podcast could really move the needle for a graphologist. But the way she's doing it, the way she's threading that needle of storytelling and analysis on her show, it's really something quite unique. Let's wrap up this conversation with how she's doing some call to actions and really starting to grow her audience. The specifics of putting together the show uh, and putting together the show for, um, let's, let's say, call to actions, like, what have you been doing? What have you been evolving on the show to get people into the, the bits of your business? So it's, you know, a call to action might be subscribe to an email list, buy my, you know, product, download an ebook. What have you been doing to kind of glue those pieces of the business together? Well, I think you've just hit upon something that I really haven't explored yet. Um, when we were talking about my success markers, my third success marker is going to be to really grow and monetize it. I haven't done a lot of that. Really, my call to action right now is simply to subscribe, rate, and review. I want to get you know that momentum rolling, and I think I ask, I tell them about my website. Nice. Yeah. And do you push uh, right now? Do you have an email list that that you are using for the website? Nope, I don't. It's usually the probably. Th uh, at least in my opinion, one of the easier metrics and more satisfying metrics to, to use, um, especially in a, the early days of a podcast. Of course, listens are always nice. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you can convert people into saying things, uh, and in fact, Craig and I recorded the Castos audience episode today. That's the name of the Castos podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, Craig, what, what is our call to action? And he's like, you know, I never really had one. <laughs> I was like, well, we need one. <laughs> How are we going to measure the success? I'm now getting paid. And you're one day I'm going to knock on your door in a year and say, hey, it's time for a raise, Craig. How are we measuring the success of all this stuff? Um, yeah. So one thing I like to, to have is, you know, whatever your 
uh, whatever anyone listening to this, your domain name.com slash subscribe. And on that subscribe page is really, you know, that verbal call to action you might say in every podcast. And even, even if you meet someone in person, when, whenever that's a legal thing to do uh, in the future, say, hey, you want everything about my podcast? You go to domain.com slash subscribe. And on that page, it's all of the links to your major uh, podcast listening uh, platforms like an iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all that stuff. And then uh, secondary to that would be your email list, right? And that's a great way to to measure the people who are really, really interested in in getting more from you. Whether that's like another piece of content, like maybe you do some kind of like private uh, subscribers only podcast in the future, or they, they just want to be in tune to something that you're creating. And they say, you know, whatever, you know, whatever Teresa launches in the future, I want to be first in line. And that's mm -hmm. the best way to do it. At least in my opinion is through an email, uh, yeah. platform, like a MailChimp is fairly easy to use. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a really great idea. I like what you just said there about the idea of having, um, podcasts that only sub subscribers here. Yeah, it's a feature right. coming soon to Castos. <laughs> oh, it, that's, a, that's a really great one because yeah. motivation, like you're subscribed because you like the podcast. That's an awesome idea. So yeah, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I mean, the way that, and I'm just stealing from a, a phrase that someone had said to me many years ago, you know, when you're, especially when you're looking at numbers as, as a creator, and maybe you can relate to this as a creator, you're looking at your first, you know, month of email subscribers or your first month of podcast listeners. And you're like, why is it just me and my mom <laughs> listening <laughs> to this episode? I need more, you know, as they start to fill in again, when somebody once told me this, the people that fill in are like the people who come to the movie theater early. They're in the, you know, close to the front row, they get the prime seats. Like these are the people that want to be here mm -hmm. uh, for this movie. And that's the same way I look at it is like when you're first starting something new and you get those first few subscribers, mm -hmm. these are the people that are really want to be here with you. So even though the, the numbers might feel low, these are the most engaged people, you know, aside from your family, <laughs> aside from, aside yeah. from your mom and your son who have subscribed, it is, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the next few people that are really interested to be yeah. there. That's great. And you know, that's where it starts, right? Is that foundation. If you build the solid foundation with the listeners, with your customers, the rest falls into place. Teresa, I appreciate this moment in time because this is the very first episode that I've hosted by myself uh, for the Castos team. And it was, it was amazing, uh, getting to meet you. I was, like I said, right before we started recording, I had all the tabs open, listening to all of the episodes, <laughs> episodes that you had out and I am just floored. And again, podcasting, another great way to learn things you thought you had never even thought of. Like I had never even heard of what a graphologist was. I didn't even know the word existed. Oh. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> and it was amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm so honored to be your first official All By Your Lonesome guest. <laughs> All right, Teresa, where can folks subscribe to the show? Where can they find you on the web? Where can they say thanks? Sure. The, the podcast is called A Most Unusual Tea Party. It is hosted on on uh, Castos and it's available on 18 different platforms. I think all of them, including Apple, I've got it up on now. Uh, iHeartRadio, Apple, Google Play are the main ones. And the direct oh, link to your website? The link to my website is, uh, it's just handwritingpi.ca. 
handwritingpi.ca handwritingpi.ca it's un- a most unusual tea party the letter t you got it not the drink tea not the golf <laughs> tea exactly. not the shirt tea the letter t that's right we get down to business with the letter t that's awesome and uh, everyone tuned into uh, to teresa's podcast it's amazing there's i mean so many things i learned in about 5 seconds uh, of myself and you might want to go back to school and start learning handwriting all over again <laughs> once you hear it. Oh, that's super. Uh, Thank you so much, Matt. Uh, everyone else is castos.com, castos.com slash subscribe. Go there, join uh, well, the mailing list, learn how to start a podcast and subscribe to the audience podcast on all major platforms. We'll see you in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed today's first creator spotlight. Be on the lookout for another email going out in the near future requesting your participation in the next Castos Creator Spotlight. If you want to know when that's coming, join the newsletter, castos.com slash subscribe. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.